Hello and welcome to episode 73 of Virgo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRLP. And joining me as always is League Freak. You can find me on Twitter at League Freak. How you going there, mate? I'm going pretty good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Um, had a busy day yesterday. Yeah, what you get up to? Oh, just just pumping out some content for a few may a few mainstream media outlets. Oh, nice. As, as oh, I do yeah, as a that's professional. Right. Yeah, and they started giving you credit, which was so cool. Like uh, I saw your article. Well, I saw the article that you wrote, and then the way it it turned up on another mainstream media website. Um, uncredited of course and just changed just enough but pretty obviously changed um, yeah and then uh the nrl started crediting you for your work which was fantastic all i have to do now is actually pay you for the content that you're making for them that'd be fantastic nrl it, it, it would be a good situation to to actually get paid for the work you do but uh you know small steps small steps yeah yeah I'm not going to bitch and moan. I found the whole process to be quite amusing, to be honest. Yeah, um, it's pretty funny. I'd just like to say, um, Paul Kent called people on social on Twitter peanuts. He may have even called them dickheads. I'm not sure. But mm-hmm. um, I can say from my experience yesterday that if they're the sort of people that shouldn't be, um, we shouldn't be listening to, um, I'd say Paul Kent's got it completely wrong because Social media was awesome yesterday. So many yeah, people were defending good. me and, and calling out the calling out Fox Sports for um, what they did. Um, absolutely magnificent. So well done, everyone there. I didn't have to do anything. It was fantastic. I just sat back and laughed at it all. Just thought that yeah. was very amusing. Pretty cool. Um. So today we've got a few, another another few bunch of little stories to look at here. We've got a good old mix. Mm. So we'll start with a very interesting story here about uh, Paul McGregor. Mm. For, for so like long, his, his time looks like it's up. Yeah, I was going to say for so long he's been pretty much a protected species by the media. Yeah, um, but now it appears he's under the chop, and it seems to have, things have seemed to have hastened in the last few months um, when St George, I think, or the Dragons got rid of a few of their assistant coaches. Mm-hmm. And I think one of them may be related to someone in the media. Yeah. And I think their job might be under under pressure. And it just so happens that the media has now started to turn on the club with that sort of pressure coming into the the coaching ranks there, which is um I mean, I'm not I'm not alleging anything here because that is entirely coincidental, I'm sure. Completely. And the funny <laughs> thing is it's like the way it's been framed at the moment is a case of like, wow Paul McGregor's job is it's under threat all of a sudden. It's like, have you watched them play for the last six months? You know, yeah. anybody that's watched the Dragons play for the last six months is looking at this team going, wow, they really desperately need a new coach. They need to sack Paul McGregor. But it's like the media in the last few days has been like, oh, you know what? Paul McGregor, he, he might not have a job next year. It's like, thanks, Scoop. Yeah, I think they've looked at the ladder going, Wow, so Georgia's second last. I didn't know they were doing that so poorly. Let's yeah. just pull up the draw and see how they see how many games they've won recently. Because I thought they'd won a few games in a row. And they're going, oh, that was back in before round eight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. They have not been going too well at all. How did we miss that? Very, very strange. Very strange. Um, and now they're linking all sorts of different people to the Dragons job. I, look, I they've, well, they re-signed well, the contract. 
I was just saying, no. let's be honest, they're only linking people to the Dragons job who are former Dragons players. Which is the horror show for Dragons fans. Exactly. Sorry, you you're saying that. Go on. Well, they, they've signed McGregor to a contract extension, so they're going to have to pay him out uh, quite a whack of money, and it's a privately owned club. Um, but And I've said this, I think I might have said this in uh, a couple of episodes ago, that it, it's kind of the way you do it if you're an NRL club. You get to the end of the season, then you sack your coach. Otherwise, it turns into a mess, and you've got to clean it up while you're still playing games. Um, but, yeah, McGregor's time, I mean, it's been up all year. Um, if Dragons fans have known it, it's been a, a big issue. I think the fact that they haven't communicated with the fans a little bit better has been a bit of a problem. But, um, you know, I, I just find it weird that the media has only just worked it out. It's very strange. Because how many episodes have we talked about McGregor being totally outcoached, not up to the job? He's had plenty of time to show he can be a coach. And it's not even as though he's got a bad squad. He's got a really good squad. So um, I don't understand why the media's just woken up to this. Yeah, it's, it feels like we've been talking about it nearly every week. Yeah. Um, it just seems so blatantly obvious. When you've got a team that talented, that full of rep players, and they can't win a game. I mean, it's not even the fact they can't win a game. They can't even get into the contest. No. Like, they're, not yeah, even getting, they're not even doing that well. They're not losing games by two points or four points. They're getting pounded mm. by teams that aren't even in the top eight. Yeah. It's, it is absolutely disgraceful. Um, and there's no excuse for it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you've got to look at the players and say, what's wrong with you? But at the same time, if your coach can't get your players up and they're that talented, a squad, then the coach is definitely an issue. And I don't know why, why the Dragons... Let's be honest, they haven't had a brilliant time under under McGregor. Sure, they made the finals, I think, uh, was it last year or the year before? But they only just scraped in. They haven't been dominant at any time under his reign. And I don't know why they, after just four straight wins, they immediately had a knee-jerk reaction, went, quick, let's re-sign him. Like, it's that whole Parramatta with Brad Arthur thing. How many clubs yeah. would have been chasing Paul McGregor? Exactly. None. Why not just wait until his contract ends and go, yeah, you know what, we'll give you what we want, and if you don't like it, then we'll just get someone else because there's plenty of coaches who have the same limited ability you have as a coach. Yeah, We can hire much. anyone, and they'll probably pay less for it. I mean, the report's in the paper saying he's on 600 grand a year. That's madness. That's obscene. Yeah. It's, um, it's a very strange situation, but... You know, I, I do credit the Dragons to for waiting until the end of the year to get rid of McGregor. Hopefully, that's what they do. That everyone, it's it's really clear that's what has to happen. Um, I wonder if yeah. they actually had plans to sack him at the end of the year before the contract extension, and the contract extension was mo- nothing more than their way of saying we're sorry for what's going to happen to you in the future. This will just be a little payout for you on the way out. I tell you what, I wouldn't be doing that with my money if I was a private owner. Neither would I, but uh, I don't know. It just seems crazy. There's, there's nothing that they, you know, beating four teams at the start of the year is no real difficult feat, mm. especially when you've got a squad as good as what he had. Losing well, as many games as you did after that, yeah. that takes that takes a, a supreme lack of effort. Exactly. And the thing is, with his record at the Dragons, it's not great. And the squad has been improved. 
and at some point it's like, dude, everything else has changed for the better and the results are terrible. You're the only thing that's still here and we've got to make a change at this point. Um, so, yeah, it, it's time. It's time. And I think it, it seems as though it's going to happen. They're just waiting for the season to end, which is fantastic for Dragons fans. They've been dying for a change for a long time now. Yeah. Um, so there is going to be an end-of-season review. They're waiting on the results of that review to determine what they go on, you know, what they do from there on. Um, pretty what much are they every... reviewing? What are they um, reviewing? Like, like, what are they going to sit down and, and, and do and review? Like, look at the, look at the fucking ladder. There's yeah, no, we don't need these reviews in rugby league. I hate this shit where you pull together a committee and it's like, oh, we all got to sit down. What are we ordering for lunch? Oh, yeah, you know what? I don't think McGregor's a great coach. We're going to sack him. You don't need to review that. Just have some fucking balls. Somebody put their name to it and say, I'm the CEO, I'm the owner, and we're sacking Paul McGregor. You don't need a review. I fully agree. Um, I think the results speak loudly. Yeah. You can't have a squad that good. I'll, I'll keep saying it. You can't have a squad that good and finish second last unless you are just a, a dire coach. Um, the problem the Dragons have had, we've mentioned this before countless times, and I'll say it again, is this obsession with constantly hiring people who are former players, old mates, old boys club, trying to keep the tradition going. And sure enough, there's two coaches who are being talked about as being possible options for St. George already. One of them is former player um, Craig Fitzgibbon. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not a slur on him. I don't know much about his, his time as a, as a coach. He may be a good coach. Who knows? But he played for Illawarra and, and the St. George Illawarra side when, when the merge took place. And the other just... one is former St. George player Shane Flanagan. Yeah. Life ban, Shane Flanagan. Life ban is not going to last one year. Well done, Rugby League, you spineless prick. Well, it's look, let's be honest. It's It was an indefinite ban. It was the same size life ban that Tim Simona got for betting on the game. Exactly. How long did his last? 18 months? 18 months. That's how. Now we know that indefinite, it actually does have a set period of of time it's about mm. 18 months yeah but i mean I, I don't know why any club will look at shane flanagan's mess at the at the sharks right and he was successful there's no doubt about that but the absolute mess that he made at the sharks and say yeah we want some of that we want to bring some of that in you know this is a guy that was banned for a whole year from coaching. That's extraordinary. If I was and to if, give Shane Flanagan any role at any club, it would not be as a head, head coach. I'd probably make him, you know, defense coach or forwards coach or something like that and keep him away from anything other than whatever goes on on the field and teaching players whatever it is they do on the field. I Nothing just involved want... with club. Well, that's true too. I wouldn't want him involved with it at all either. Yeah. But if he has to be in there... Then he can't be having any say about selections, um, nutrition, um, any sort salary of... Salary cap. Yep, no involved with salary cap, nothing to do with uh, recruitment or retention. All he does is say, right, I'm going to work on your techniques. That's his whole job. Man, I, I just... I, I don't understand 
how anybody that's running a club says, you know what? Yeah, definitely. We want we want that. You know, it, it's and it's just rugby league to a T. It's full of spineless people. People willing to say, Oh yeah, we'll give him a we'll give him a fifth go. Maybe he'll sort it out this time. It's ridiculous. It's almost like Danny Weidel is running the NRL. <laughs> Another redemption story. Let's talk. And you know, it, it all comes back to the people at the top running the game. Because if I'm the CEO of the NRL and I ban him indefinitely, when somebody comes to me and says, oh, listen, we'd like to employ him again, I just say, go away. I don't even entertain them. I don't have meetings. Nothing. It's like, no, I made a decision. Go away. I'd spend less time and just say, no. Actually, yeah. I, wouldn't even, I wouldn't even say no. I just have a little placard on a stick. I just hold it up while I continue working. And the placard just says no. Yeah, because that's all it deserves. Um, right. I just find it crazy. Rugby league is run by people that are weak. They're so weak. And they show their weakness again and again and again and again and again. It's and extraordinary. The thing that annoys me, okay, is the times when they actually do show some strength and make the decision like they did with Flanagan said, you know what, as much as it was just an email and he broke the suspension thing there, we're going to ban you and we're going to do register you. That's the right decision to make. Yep. Finally, good stuff. Great. You deserve credit for that. Stick to it. Yeah. That's all you've got to do, stick to it. Same with Samana. I don't know how you can trust anybody who bets against the team they're playing for. Never, ever. That should be an automatic life ban. And like yeah. with no... no he should be turning up to bush teams and saying, can I get a run? And they go, no, go away. Yeah. It's just, it's one of those things where how can you trust that that player is going to give you a hundred percent when they've got a track record of betting against, or just betting on the game, but even betting against the team he's playing for. Mm-hmm. How can you trust that? And That's it's like, one. they talk about integrity all the time, you know, and it's a big thing with them. And I'm talking about the game in general here. And they just undermine it themselves. Like the same people that will come out and say, oh, integrity is paramount. They're the ones that make the same decisions that undermine the game again. And I just find it absolutely incredible. It's very disappointing. And I just think it shows how spineless most people in that are running rugby league are. Um, It disgusts me. It really does. It's almost like there's this um, desire to help these people who have done the wrong thing. Like you, you see the comments that was made when Lodge was allowed to come back. You know, oh, he needs rugby league in his life if he's going to get over this mess and blah 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 blah. Yeah, it's part um, of his rehabilitation. Yeah, like, and I'm I'm sorry, but that's the wrong answer. Like, what he needs in his life is to go and sort out his problems with the drink or whatever it was and his anger issues. And he also needs to solve the issue of paying back the final, the punishment, serving the punishment he was handed from the courts. You shouldn't be gifted a huge salary to play on the national stage in a great sport like, you know, rugby league to earn that money very easily and pay that, that massive fine back so quickly and easily as he, has, as he will do. He should be out there earning 40 grand a year and trying to pay that thing out for the next rest of his life because that's what a punishment should be. It should be something that's hard to do. 
not something where you get to enjoy yourself playing a game you love and, and earn the money really easy and pay it out pretty quickly. That's no punishment. No. And the other thing is, too, it's like, well, he needs to do this for his rehabilitation. It's like, listen, you've caused this problem for yourself. This is your problem. Well, this is where, a rugby league's problem. Go away. Where was that Where was that point, though, for Todd Carney? Well, he needed a rugby thing. league for his rehabilitation. You never saw a Todd Carney pissing in his mouth on the field. Maybe mm-hmm. he needed a rugby league for his rehabilitation. No, he didn't get that. And I'm not defending Todd Carney and saying he deserved to be playing or some stuff. None of that at all. But you can't you can't say it's rehabilitation for one player and not for another. Exactly. And the thing about Todd Carney, I mean, he earned the lifetime achievement ban, quite honestly. That's what that was. And I feel as though Flanagan has earned the lifetime achievement ban as a coach. And if they let him back in, I mean, the weird thing for me is you look at all of these people who have been allowed back in the game. And you can go through, like, there there are some of these plays you can literally go through, like, court documents for the things they've done to other people that have hurt people, that have seriously injured people. And yet Todd Carney is the line in the sand. It's very, very strange that he's the line in the sand. And I, I, I'm like you, I'm not defending Todd Carney, but I just find it really weird that, Todd Carney can do really dumb shit and I think he'd be the first person to say hey, I've done some dumb shit and then you can get people that are doing actual criminal activity some of them have been to jail and they they're just there's no there's no resistance they just are allowed straight back in and they get people saying oh yeah he's a good bloke though I know what he did I know oh, yeah no 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 but he's a good bloke really he just needs a fifth chance i find that very very weird and i don't understand what drives it because i wouldn't want those people around me just in general but there's this embracing that rugby league does like they literally go out of their way to embrace people that are fuck-ups and i I don't understand it at all yeah it's got me beat Um... and it takes all of the really nice good people in the game like, there's so many, there's the vast majority of them are great. They're good people. They really appreciate what they do. They they go out there, they play hard. You know, you've got people at working clubs that they get up every morning, they do thankless jobs. There's people that you don't even know help rugby league run on a day-to-day basis. And they all get tainted by these tiny minority of people that are put up on a pedestal for some reason. I don't get it. Yeah, and given chances after chances. Well, there could be others who have probably done one thing wrong and got discarded by the game at a mm-hmm. minor level. And then you get these big-name players who have mistake after mistake and keep getting chance after chance. It's it's disheartening to some degree is, is how I feel about it. It really um, is. Look, I stopped, I stopped writing for a long time on my website because I was writing about off-field incident after off-field incident. And it just... it, it it kills you. How many times can you write about it? And the, nothing happens, really. I mean, they get a slap on the wrist and they get allowed back and embrace and stuff. And the other thing is, you, you've got players right now that have been convicted of, of criminal acts that are running around on NRL fields right now. And yet you have other players who have to deal with the no-fault stand-down policy that have not been convicted of anything at all. 
And, you know, all you can leave it up to is the court of law to work out what's happened. That's what you do in a modern society. You don't do witch hunts. You let the courts decide it. And I'm very big on that. But it's very strange that you can get people that are, once they're convicted of something, then they get embraced. And yet you've got the game-making players stand down for just an indiscriminate amount of time and they've literally been charged or they've literally been convicted of nothing. Well, it must be pointed out that the whole stand-down thing, because that does feature mostly on on Dylan Walker and Jack DeBellin, I think a lot of that, though, came down to pressure that the NRL received from, was it Telstra, one of the major sponsors? And they were threatening to leave. And so the NRL was... yeah, the NRL's decided to side with, you know, who's given them money. Which I can I can see the business side of things on, on that and why they're doing that. But How, it's how's not, that any worse than Matt Lodge holding the, the Telstra Premiership uh, if they win it? I'm certainly not defending it. Um, but, yeah, I, I take your point precisely. I mean, yeah. The fact that Matt Lodge runs around in women and league round, just, uh. like Robert, just like Robert Lewis used to. Remember when they brought him back during Women in League Round for the North Queensland Cowboys? And I pointed that out to the Cowboys. I was disgusted, and they blocked me on Twitter. That's rugby yeah. league right there for you. Yeah, it's... I don't know. It's There's some things which are just dumb. And I think if you've got people like that, then when you've got a theme round like that, especially for those two, just drop them for the week. It's an easy enough thing <laughs> to do. If you're going to have them play, back. then don't... Well, that's right. But if you're going to have them in your side and you're going to you're going to take that judgment, then just don't make them play that week. Yeah, it just seems you, like a simple play to do. But you know what, Andrew? The thing is, they don't really care. They no. honestly don't care. It's a PR job. We and we saw this year they decided to wind it back a little bit. They didn't put as much effort into it. Um, and it's just a PR job because when the rubber meets the road for women in league round, they they never side with the women. Never, ever. Anyways. I know. It's so it's disheartening. It's really disheartening. And that's why sometimes you've got to try and forget all of the crap that goes on around rugby league and just sit down, turn the volume down on your TV and watch the footy and just be like, I'm watching a footy game. Just enjoy, yeah. what, just enjoy what I enjoy, which is the rugby league. Yeah, which is what I do. And then pump out a few stats. Yeah. And, and then, then, you know, you read them in Fox Sports <laughs> the next day. <laughs> um, ah, speaking of Fox Sports, nice little segue here. Yes. Paul Kent has taken umbrage at comments made by Paul Kent. Yeah. And yeah. I agree with Paul Kent on this one. Hey. Well, I've got to disagree. I think Paul Kent's got this one right. Oh, really? So we're diametrically opposed on this one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which which Paul Kent argument are you going with? Uh, the one Paul Kent made, where he basically disagrees completely with Paul Kent's comments, um, and I think he's right. I I don't think we should ever listen to what Paul Kent has to say in terms of what Paul Kent thinks the NRL should be doing um, in terms of expansion and relocation of clubs. Oh and, and, right, sorry. Yeah, okay, I get you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I thought you were talking the other way around. No, I, I would never. Oh, see, I, I would never agree that, with Paul Kent. All right, see, so, see, so I agree with the Paul Kent you're agreeing with there, not the other okay. Paul Kent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Paul thought, Kent, yeah, I thought you were talking about the other Paul Kent. 
Nah, Paul Kent made a ridiculous, a ridiculous comment. Um, and yeah, I, I would never agree with Paul Kent. So I agree with Paul Kent. So um, we probably should probably expand on this a bit more. Yeah. Paul Kent wrote an article. What was it? Was it last year or this year? No, I believe it was in. Uh, I looked it up. I looked up the date. I think it might have been in January. Hey. Oh, so oh, it was this year. March. It was January or March. Okay, so it was this year. Yeah, definitely, one hundred percent. Where he was talking about um, what was it? Expansion. Basically, expansion and relocation of Sydney-based clubs. And he was pro. I think he was pro for the first one. And, um, now, and now he's against. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. It's either that way or the other way around. Um, either way, he's basically, in the space of like, what, 10 months or something, he has been on absolute both ends of the argument that, yes, you should relocate a Sydney-based club to Brisbane, and no, you should not relocate a Sydney-based club. So, you know, and just attacks from both sides. Yeah, he's trying to um, he's trying to eat a cake that he wants to keep in pristine condition at the same time. Um, he is at the moment um, doing a live blog with fans. Has he done any answers? Um, he has. Oh, what is he saying? Has he has anybody pointed out? Well, the thing is, opposite things in one year. The thing is on this, okay, is it starts with the, you know, the premise is this is what Paul Kent has written and you can blog with him today to talk about it. And people just go in there and just ask him all sorts of random questions and he just entertains it. Okay. So the first one here was um, about what chance would you give Manly to go deep in the semis? He said very little without Tom. What are your thoughts on, here we go, what are your thoughts on merging two Sydney teams instead of relocating one? And he says he hates the idea. Okay. Um, does Greenberg have an anti-manly agenda? Kent says no. <laughs> Do you cut Cleary any slack for how the Panthers? Oh, whatever, it keeps moving. Yeah. Anyway, it's all uh, like he'll just pick one side and then the other. It's like, and that's the thing. I, I, I don't have a problem with someone changing their mind because I think that that's, that's the sign of somebody that really looks at a situation. And if it changes, you can change your mind. But a massive, massive thing like relocating Sydney clubs, I'm sorry, you can't change your mind that quickly on that. You know, this isn't for the next, you know, three or four months that you'd be moving to Sydney club. This is forever. You can't just say, oh, yeah, I don't like it one time. And then, oh, yeah, I think it should happen the next time. It just makes no sense. And there's definitely things I would have said that I agreed with one, at one point and disagreed with it at another point. But at least I'll sit down and say, well, this is why I thought it the first time around and why my opinion changed. And I can guarantee it ain't in the space of a year. No. Um, that's crazy. The, I, I'm amazed at how confused these journalists are when it comes to the discussion about relocation and expansion and whether T should be cut or not. Because I think on one hand, they have they have a genuine opinion, which would be well thought out and probably very justified and quite good. Uh-huh. But on the other hand, they're thinking, how can I make a point that's going to generate chatter? Yeah, and it comes down to just like, 
I and you can see it, and it's for some reason lately it's really um it's really obvious. It's like we're seeing articles where it's just obvious that they needed to punch out some content, and they they, they it doesn't really matter what it is, just punch something out. And it's not about the actual games of football. It's about just stuff that they've said or someone else has said. Like, it's not about rugby league. How many of these these supposed top-line journalists in rugby league right now are actually writing about the games of rugby league? Yeah. Problem is, you, you can't sell misery through something that's actually happened that people like. <laughs> Like if, someone's, like, if, someone, if someone's enjoyed watching something, yeah. then you can't write about it. You've nah. got to shit on it. Yeah. Yeah, you got to smash it. Yeah, and people go, oh, what's he saying that about my sport for? I'm going to defend my sport. That's the sort of attitude they're after. Yeah. But because it's been, it's been so sustained for so long. It's, it's the business that, model. Well, it's also meant that people start agreeing with it, which makes it harder for them to put more misery on the game. So they've got to try and dream up new scenarios and start arguing with themselves to make things happen. Yeah. I just don't understand how you can you can get to a point where you're like, oh, they should never move a Sydney club. And then you're like, oh, yeah, they should move Sydney club. I don't understand how you, you sit down and you write that. I mean, you've got to have some sort of – how does your opinion change that quickly? I don't think it can. I really don't. On something as – as long-term thinking as as relocating a Sydney club or even expansion itself, like how how long were the New Zealand Warriors in the NRL before we stopped hearing? Oh, we should just axe the Warriors. Like they they must have been in at least ten years. Yeah, it's it's interesting how they they never get brought forward. I dare say it's because they, I don't think they go along being a team that's financially in ruin or anything like that. And I dare say people look at them as being somewhat important, I guess, to development of the of talent. Well, you, you know what the I believe the real difference was? Was that as the NRL started uh, really getting publicity about its television deals, and it was mu- and it was more along the lines of when um, people started to say, hey, hang on a second, the NRL is getting unpaid here. Um, and so people started focusing on how much they're getting from their broadcasting rights. One of the things about having the Warriors in the NRL is they generate way more money from New Zealand TV revenue than they cost through their, their grant to the, to the New Zealand Warriors themselves. And so it was basically the argument to axe the Warriors was like, yeah, okay, axe the Warriors you are going to lose way more money from not having relevant local content in New Zealand mm. than you're going to save. Yeah. And and I think that that basically spiked that that argument. Um, but it took a long, long time. It took it took a ridiculous amount of time for, for that argument to die down. Yeah, I think that's pretty much what it comes down to. Um, on to someone else in the media. Yeah. Phil Gould. Ah, oh, Gus. Good old Gus. Good old Gus. He's he's kind of gone, got a little bit loose since he uh, left the Panthers. Yeah, yeah, maybe we were keeping him on a, a tight leash or something, hey? Don't know what's going on there, but um, you you pointed out in a tweet today about um, <laughs> some interesting comments that Gus came up with. Yeah, well, Phil Gould attacked the NRL 
for its plan to relocate a Sydney club uh, to Brisbane. And the problem with that is that it wasn't the NRL's plan at all, and the NRL has never said that that was their plan. That was actually the head of Channel 9 Sport that said he would like that to happen. And so Channel 9 um, employee Phil Gould went on Channel 9 to attack the NRL over plans it never had, but his boss at Channel 9 was the actual one that had it. And it's like, what the hell? Like, that's nuts. That's absolutely nuts. <laughs> it's it's something that he's he has, unfortunately, um, started doing a bit too more frequently, and that is knee-jerk reactions. You know what I think it's from? I think it, and I don't know the name of that Monday night show they do where they sit with bloody Paul Gallen and some other journo, and I can't remember who the fourth person is. Um, I don't know the name of it. I don't watch it. I, I'll see clips occasionally on Twitter about it. Um, but I think that they sort of were doing that show, and there was there was something that popped up in the early run of that show where it was controversial, and it got and it was it was something that was happening at the time, and it got a lot of a lot of airtime basically in the the general media cycle and i think that they saw that and they were like man we got to we got to do more stuff like that we got to you know fire it up a little bit more and eventually when you do that all you do is you become a crisis merchant at the end of the day yeah like everything can't, it can't be a crisis every week it can't be an attack every week it can't be a at some point you got to be like you know what I fucking love rugby league. It's great. You know, it's fantastic. I love this part. I love that part. Uh, but, you know, saying you like rugby league or that things are going pretty well, it, that doesn't that doesn't get you in the media cycle. You just attack the NRL. Oh, the NRL, it's plans to relocate. No, Gus. It was the dude in the next room. Yeah. Probably signing your checks. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't it the head of sport? I mean... Yeah. Oh. Channel Nine's head of sport. It was his. It was his idea. Yeah. And you know the weird thing. I tell you something that was really weird yesterday. Yes. Do go on. Okay. Apparently, if you look at the last round, and obviously this Tigers versus uh, Sharks game is the big game. It decides the last team in the finals. Yeah. It's Robbie Farah's possible last game. Although I don't think he'll play, but we'll see. That'll probably be announced by the time you listen to this. Um. Channel 9 apparently wanted to get that game, which is on at 2 o'clock, from Fox Sports. And so you had News Limited papers attacking Channel 9 during yesterday, saying that they don't run the game. They're trying to get this game. Just remember, they don't really run the game. They just have themselves as the uh, their priorities, just Channel 9. And it's like, this is beautiful. They're, now we're going to get these two attacking each other over what they both do. <laughs> it has been fascinating to watch, especially with that one there. Yeah. Um, I was shocked because I, I, I was like, wait a minute, this is going on? I, I couldn't believe it. And I look, I can't remember who the journal was that wrote it. I wish I could remember their name. Oh, uh, this was probably staff writer. No, no, it was an actual, it was an actual person, hey? Are you saying staff a... writer isn't an actual person? <laughs> Some of the what most is... controversial work done at, at News Limited has been done by staff writer. That bloke has balls. 
What background would staff writer have? Would it be like a like German, like it's staff writer? Staff writer? Maybe it's Dutch. Dutch. Staff writer. Oh yeah, you got to roll that R. Ritter. Ritter. Staff Ritter. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds, um, it sounds like one of the henchmen out of out of a new Die Hard movie. Or James Bond even, and he's like, what would his thing be? He wouldn't well, have Mr. the Bond. jaws. He wouldn't have the hat. He'd have something weird like a cane that uh, he, was a sword uh, or something. And his his big muscle off off um, cider mm. would would be Matt Lodge. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> so, Stafrita. Stafrita. Um, maybe yeah, he's so that, like the cousin of the bad guy out of um the I think it was Lethal Weapon Two. You right. know the South African dude and he's like like diplomatic immunity. <laughs> and maybe Stafrita is like his cousin. Yeah, that could be that could very well be the case. You have a crossover. Yeah, he's selling cougar ants in like uh, I don't know, Super League or something. That's the way. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, that's that been fascinating. Um, another interesting story that's came out has been apparently there's a bit of an uproar over in over in uh, Magnificent England. Because they've really? announced... They've announced the, something, are they? Well, that, that's the rumour going around. <laughs> and, it's, and it's because they've, they've named their... Uh, pardon me. They've named their Great Britain squad for the end of season tour down south. Yeah, and the the English fans are currently upset because there's two Aussies in the team, and that's but, Blake Austin and Scotland's Lachlan Coote. But it's Great Britain. Well, this is right. How but does that work? I had we had a we had a look at the squad that they've named. Oh yes. Um. This this is just the preliminary squad, so it's just the first eighteen names they've got so far. Yeah, yeah. And we can't make out what the outrage is about. Yeah, I look at this squad and it's just I mean, it's dinky die true blue British, if you ask me. It is, it is. And these players have all played for either Scotland, Ireland, Wales or England. Mm-hmm. So they've got a they've got an experienced squad of internationals. Yeah. So uh, we'll go through it here. You and Aiken. Kane Leonard, Tyson Frizzell, Blake Austin, Lachlan Coote, Andrew Bentley, Tyler Cassell, Luke Douglas, Billy McConaughey, Nathan Massey, uh, Lachlan Stein, uh, Michael Morgan, not the Cowboys one, uh, Appy Farrawangi, Chris McQueen, Rangy Chase, Josh Ralph, Tom Johnson, and Dan Sargentson. Solid squad. Really solid squad. I, 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 uh, I like it. I think it's probably the best team we've seen out of the England slash Great Britain. Um, I don't know what you call it. Set up for a long, long time. Um, yeah, very good, very good team. I, well, rounded, uh, well rounded squad. Yeah, I, the only thing about it is, you know, Blake Austin and Lachlan Coote have only been playing over in Super League for you know a few months, maybe eight months, ten months at this point. But, uh, yeah, outside of that, just, I mean, God save the Great Britain Rugby League team because... I mean, Blake Austin, yeah. though, is, is the one weak link there because he's the only one who hasn't played any international footy in that squad. Yeah, and it's clear, I mean, he's a good young British player and it's clear that he is destined to play for them. Um, outstanding young British player. 
uh, I believe he come from like uh, what was the the place in Britain called that he grew up in? Was it um, Mount Druitt? Pretty sure it was Mount Druitt. No, it would anyway. have been would have been Penrith, that place up near the Scottish border, surely. You know what? I think just, you're just right. North, just north of the Lakes District. Yeah, a true northerner. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely. So, yeah, it's a good-looking squad. I like it. Aiken out wide. Lynette. Tyson Frizzell in the middle. Lynette, Lynette has now played, thanks to Tim Sheens, at prop and second row this year. So um, he's a versatile player. He's your Kirk Capewell type player. Yeah, Andrew Bentley. I like his name. I mean, how British is that name, Bentley? It's brilliant. And Stein. How English is Stein? That, that's fantastic. Um, it, it's a it's a good squad. Lots of yeah. lots of mobile players there. Yeah, I and you know what, Dan Sargentson, good good addition. Yes, you need to have him there. And Tom Johnson. Yeah, I mean, just a fantastic player. They are. So if, he, um, he's not related to Don Johnson, is he? No, no, he's not. Okay. I or just ben. wanted to check that. I, I wanted to ask a rugby league historian that. Or Ben. He's not related not to ben, ben either. Okay. Um, and no affiliation with the referee whose name is John Stone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That was that was a poor that was a poor dad joke for it's Father's right. Day that happened on the weekend. It's okay. Happy it's Father's a, Day for the weekend. There you go. I just had to just had to slip that one in there. Yeah, that's well, that's how it happens, and then you end up being a dad. <laughs> um, oh, wink, geez. wink, nudge, nudge. Yes. All right. I'll have a quick look. See, see what Kenny's been saying in his blog. Yeah, have a quick look, and, and then we'll wrap this baby up. Um. Should the NRL take a page out of the NBA's book and introduce some sort of technical foul system before sin binning for minor transgressions? And Kenty says, isn't it complicated enough? Players should know the rules. I agree, yeah. Paul. Yeah, I, as we've agreed with Paul this whole time. Uh, someone said here, who's winning, Paul, Tigers or Sharks? He says, Sharks, I think. I might change my name. You can change it to the other Paul Kent. Yeah, just, you know, he should... He can you imagine how good he would be in a tip and comp? Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I mean, he, he'd probably dominate. Yeah, just one hundred percent every year. Although I don't think he'd dominate as much as Mark Levy would. Which one? Well, that's the point. <laughs> you just have all those different accounts. Yeah, you could if you had enough of them, and I'm, I'm sure he's close. You could probably have enough to pick every different combination of football teams as possible. So one of them is going to get a full card every week. Do you know when I went? I used to be on the on Pommy Rugby League forums, and when I'd be talking to the Soap Dodgers, a lot of the time, um, through their brittle and fucked up teeth, they would say to me, "How many accounts have you got on this forum?" Because you know you're just winding people up and stuff. And I'd be like, "Do you think I need more than one account?" to make you pricks unhappy. I never, ever did that extra account shit, hey? Yeah, I, I don't get people who do that either. Um, I just haven't got the time. I'm too, I, I find it too boring. Yeah, look, it's, 
you'd have to be you have to be kind of special to want to get involved in doing stuff with alt accounts and trying to pump up your own tires and all that sort of rubbish that goes on. Um, I reckon there are people that like impersonate like coaches and players and stuff, and I think what the fuck is wrong with those people? Yeah, you'd have to be pretty special. Yeah, definitely. Like, there's a certain level of just what's wrong with you going on with those sort of people. One hundred percent. I could never do it. Nah, nah. Too much, too much integrity, too much professionalism. Yeah, I agree. There we go. Um, <laughs> what else have we got here? I think that's all the all the major news for the day. Yeah, I think. Who, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll put this poser to you. This is completely okay. um, questions without notice. Oh, okay. In all seriousness. Who should the Dragons get as their coach? Uh, Jeff Toovey. I agree. Jeff Toovey. Someone actually pointed out on, uh, and look, I didn't watch the show, but whatever show it was that they're all, it might have been the uh, old fart show when they all sit around and, and they're a bunch of old farts and they just old fart at each other, um, that they were talking about the coaching job at the Dragons and the only one that wasn't talking was Jeff Tuvey. He was pretty quiet. And somebody well, said, maybe that says a lot. Tuvey came out and they, they said, should he get sacked? And Tuvey said, um, I'm not going to say anything like that because McGregor's a good mate of mine. Yeah. That's fair enough. You know what? Watch his stance. I, would, I, I love that by Jeff Tuvey. And I'll tell you why. Because there's a lot of people in this game that'll say, oh, so-and-so's a great coach and, and he's this and he's that. And it, like, you know that they're a friend. But Jeff Toovey straight up, he's like, look, I'm not saying that because he's me mate. And that's it. Yeah. And, and that's 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 what integrity is like. Yeah, you know, it speaks it, volumes for the man. It really does. I I really do. I I didn't understand it when the Manly Seagulls sacked him. I thought it was ridiculous. Uh and you know, he he's a fantastic coach, I reckon. I'd give I'd definitely have him. And you know, the last week and a half I've moved way more towards him than, uh, what's his name? Hook? Yeah, because there's a reason that teams are overlooking him. And I don't know what it is. I've really got no idea what it is. But there's got to be a reason for it, and I don't know what it is. I'd love to know what it is. Because there's all yeah. of these jobs that have been, you know, put up and stuff, and he's, he's not getting a look in. And That's the thing. I, I don't. I don't even know though if he's actually applied for them, which is a different thing. So we hear about coaches being linked with clubs all the time, but we don't know which ones have actually applied for these jobs. And I don't know that he's been applying for them because he's picked up work writing for one of the newspapers. He's now got a commentary gig on uh, on Fox. Maybe he's just gone. You know what? He's done the Matthew Elliott and thought this is what's for me now. I shouldn't be doing coaching anymore. I'll just do this stuff instead. And it's probably something that's more relaxing for him and more enjoyable for him. He still gets to have his say in the game and talk about it, and he's still loving it, but there's no pressure involved. Maybe he's just one of those people. He likes that instead. You know, there were two words you said there. I know, and I put them in. They're in there for a reason. I didn't hear anything after that. I sort of... I know you didn't. I could tell. It was was just like like dark black silence after I said those two words. And I don't know if that... that was the sound of the kettle starting to boil. Who knew that anger had a sound? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, so say so you're hook, right? Yeah. 
and you're looking at the coaching landscape and you're looking at all of these teams and you're right, he might not have applied for any of these jobs. What if he's looking at Brisbane and he's saying, I just got to wait this out? Because Seabol is, in my opinion, a disaster. And I was saying to him, you've got to give him a chance, you've got to give him a chance. And then there's the way he's carried on, the way he has just his general carrying on and bullshit. It's it's a disaster for that club. Um, I don't think he's going to be there at the end of next year. That's my opinion. Um, I think Brisbane's the only club that's out there, though. Who can mm. go? You know what? We can get whatever coach we want, and I think if they're going to wait for a coach, they're going to wait for Craig Bellamy and no one else. That's Bellamy, good... Bellamy, he's he's up from for, he's from up there. I think he owns property up there. Mm-hmm. I think that's what they do. Uh, when's Craig Bellamy off contract? I feel like he only signed a, a shorter deal. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he and Cameron Smith come off contract at the same time. Okay, so what it'd be the end of next year? I believe so. I'll have to check yeah. that, but I'm pretty sure it's something like that. Yeah, because I mean, and it might be the time for Bellamy to to make that move. But then, you say you're the Storm's end, and this is weird because we're going down pathways that are like, well, what if, what if, what if? But just say you're the Storm at that point, and Bellamy says, "Look, I'm I'm going to go to Brisbane. I'm making this move. Who would you go for as the Storm? The Storm coach. Yeah. Um. Oh, boy. Like, do you think they'll promote from within, or do you think so, you they'll know, for someone? They, they probably would promote from within and someone on a short term because I think they'd probably, as much as Cameron Smith has said he doesn't want to coach, I wouldn't be surprised if they try and push him in that direction. He's got too good a brain to not be involved with the game afterwards. Um, and if he doesn't become head coach, then maybe an assistant coach is what he'll do there. But... Yeah, what I don't know what they don't know what they're going to do there. It's an I had one. an I had an idea, but I've realised it wouldn't work because I was going to say, what if, um, and it it just won't happen, right? But say, Cooper Cronkite ties at the end of this year, and he goes back down there as an assistant coach, and then at the end of next year he goes on as coach, but he moved up to Sydney because his uh his wife works in Sydney, so mm. that that wouldn't work. Yeah. Um. Kronk has to become a coach at some point in time. Yeah, that he seems like has, he would go. He's just got direction. rugby league on the brain. The thing is, um, thing is, teams who would want him as a coach would also have to compete with Fox Sports for how much they can pay him because he's going to be a massive talent at Fox Sports next year. Yeah, he might end up being in that Peter Sterling area of like... Absolutely. Expect him to be a coach, but... The, the job, the other job that's on offer is for, I mean, for Sterler, how long's it been? It's got to be close to 30 odd years that he's been doing that job. You don't come under pressure. You know, you don't really get sacked. You don't have to cop all of the crap. Um, and yeah, he might be one of those guys that's like, look, I'd, I'd love to do it, but this job here I've got is way too good. I'm not giving this up. No, and you think you get to do that job at Fox Sports for good money. And enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. And that's the uh, thing. I think he's probably going to get to the point where he says, you know what, I want a break from the hustle and bustle and the stresses of playing football every week. Because mm-hmm. obviously and it's going to be like that. And the travel. Why don't I just live here in Bondi, 
take that short distance to enter, you know, Fox Sports Studio, mm-hmm. do my bit. That just seems so much easier, especially when you're raising a small child. Why does he have to live in Bondi, though? Why can't he live in, like... Uh, because he's got $50 billion in his bank account. Why would you not live in Bondi? Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I believe he also owns a boat. Nah, he wouldn't have a boat. He'd have a boat, and he'd have Aye. a bunch of Harvey Norman vouchers Aye. still sitting around somewhere. And, you know, Aye, just... He wouldn't have a boat. He'd have a small island. <laughs> he probably owns Tasmania. Oh, poor bugger. He ain't selling that. Why don't we sell Tasmania to Donald Trump? What's Trump going to want Tasmania for? It's a strategic... uh, Strategic Strategic to what? Antarctica? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Look out for all those polar bears. Exactly. Antarctica. Come on, man. It's all penguins, and I think it's just penguins, actually. Um, Yeah. And dead, um, dead explorers. Yeah. Well, he wanted Greenland, right? And I love it. I think it's a great idea. But yeah, maybe we could sell Tasmania. How much do you reckon we'd get for Tasmania? Uh, it's got to be like a hundred billion. Be- before or after GST? Before, before GST. So you got to add the ten percent after. It's a okay. good point. Uh, fifteen, sixteen dollars. Oh, really? Don't they have a chocolate factory down there, though? Uh, yeah, is it, is it still operational? Uh, that's a good question. Cadbury's I don't know. Cadbury closed down the one they had in Dunedin. I don't know if they've closed down the one they've got in, in uh, Tassie. I've, feel... I've, been, I've been to both of them, by the way. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know if it's still operational. Um, but, yeah. I guess you're just selling them basically a big rock full of trees. Yeah, and and um, I'll give I'll give Tassie one thing that that journey from Hobart to Port Arthur is yeah. very very scenic. Oh really? Very very nice drive. Yes. Yeah, I've uh, I've never had any interest in going to Tasmania. Maybe I should. Maybe yeah, I'm absolutely. missing out. Maybe I should go down there and be like check it out, and I'd be like, wow. This place is really pumping. It's happening down here. Well, look, I joke about it. It's a nice place to go and visit. I wouldn't say it's pumping. Okay. It's it's sort of it's sort of chugging along, you know, nineteen eighties or sorry, an eighteen eighties steam engine. Okay. While everyone else is on jet planes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's kind of charming at the same time. It's 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 okay. I don't I don't, I don't mind Tassie. I like to rip on it, but I don't mind it. It's it's a nice area. There's some there's certain phrases you got to be careful of, right? So, someone says, you know what? It's an area that's got a lot of charm to it. Boring. <laughs> no, one, no one goes to Whitehaven Beach and says, you know what? It's got a lot of charm to it. They say, oh my god, it's paradise. It's amazing. You know, it's the it's like if somebody says, uh, if you post a like a a photo of yourself on Facebook and someone says, wow, you're so brave. You're like, oh jeez. I've got to Whoops. drop some weight. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, that's, that's the thing, though. though. I, I think I'd prefer charming yeah. over any of the words you could use to describe um, Cleethorpe's Beach. What's Cleethorpe's Beach? I think I showed you pictures of it over in England. Oh, yeah. Look, that, I think anything's <laughs> better than that. 
You know what it reminded me of? You know that place, and I believe it's in I believe it's in India, where they park the big oil tankers and stuff up on the beach, and then they rip them apart with oxies and stuff like that. It would look like that, except without the boats. <laughs> Wasn't sure too sure where you were going with that one. But, um, oh, <laughs> yeah, I was. <laughs> uh, you're probably right. It looked like a yeah. very industrial sort of beach, and um, it's industrial. It, it, there's very little sand involved. You know, when yeah. I said some place has a, jar- a charm, when someone says, "Oh, it's a charm," if anybody ever says, "Yeah, it's got an industrial beach," <laughs> that's how, a bad did you just, how did you describe it? It's like yeah. a, it's like a wasteland by the ocean. It really is. Like, and yeah. a, when the wind is blowing the right direction, you get that lovely aroma of the um, of coastal oil distilleries nearby. <laughs> That's another oh, thing. Yeah. When when so you so you go somewhere, it's very rare that you can get somebody says, "What was there like?" And you say, "Well, let me tell you about the smell." It's about like diesel. Yeah, it's never really a good sign. No. Well, we've we've gone on a bit of a tangent here in the last fifteen minutes. Not like that's yeah. never happened before. No, no. Normally we're on point. Hopefully yeah. everybody enjoys it. Exactly. Um, so I might as well throw in a few shout outs. Um, yeah. I've got to do one for the last episode. Uh, shout out to Celine Dion. Yeah, she was really good. Um, do you know how much it costs to get her into the studio just to sing in the uh, background, just gently? I, I told her to send the invoice to you. I told her to send it to you. Uh, it's been lost in the ether. Yeah, we. It's a shame how that. It. It's a shame how that keeps happening. I know. <laughs> it's like when uh, these publications, they're like, okay, make sure you put on the bottom of it this information from Rugby League Project and Andrew Ferguson, and they go, I thought you were doing that. Oh shit. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. That's fantastic. Um, who else can we, well, obviously, uh, the starting block, drop the K yep. on the end. Check drop them it. out. They'll have a, uh, a live episode up tomorrow night on, mm-hmm. on Twitter and on Periscope, so you can check them out. Um, good friends of the show. We hope to get Greeno on soon. Yeah, we got to uh, get Greeno on. Pressure Greeno. Um, we're very big on, like, peer pressure here. So go to the starting block, drop the but K. Not, but not aggressive. It's got to be friendly peer pressure. What do you? I don't know what you mean. Yeah, it's it's a fine art. Non-aggressive peer pressure. Yeah. How does that work? Yeah, it, it's it's fine art. Just you go things to say, Greno. You know, you'd be really awesome on the Fergo on the Freak podcast. Yeah, you'd be amazing on Fergo like, on the Freak. Like you're amazing what you do on the starting block, but I just think you'd be you'd be so much. You'd be just phenomenal on the on the Fergo on the Freak one as well. You know what? I think if Greno come on here. Right, it, his immune system would immediately boost by like a hundred and fifty percent. Are you sure? Given how many times I've been sick this year, he'd probably pick up another flu from me. That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> so this is the this is a scheduling issue, okay? Everyone else has scheduling issues, and it comes down to workloads. Really, the yeah. scheduling issue we have is between trying to find the point of um, non-illness. Yes. Between Greeno and myself, yes, that that brief period of every year where he and I both are free from virus. It's like a 
a tag team in the WWE. It's like that brief moment where both uh, both wrestlers are in the ring. It, that's what we're aiming for. Um, I think I just made an analogy that we've got to get you both in the ring. I, they didn't mean to do that. Yeah, I, I've I've seen Greener. He looks a little bit smaller than me. Yeah, but well, you you don't have to be in the same weight class. Like it can be like uh, I don't know, like no. Well, I, was, I was thinking I wasn't thinking about going against him. I thought if we're the if we're the uh, the tag, the tag team, team, yeah, then, I've seen tag teams where they're different. He's got to be the bloke who comes out and does, does all the hard work early, and then I've got to do all the monster moves at the end. Yeah, what's what do they call the Mexican wrestlers that do all the high flying stuff? Lucia. What? Lucia. I don't think it's that. I thought it was something else. Okay, then. Anyway, I'll go with that. He's that one, and you're like the more the uh, Undertaker sort. Yeah, although I'm probably more Undertaker today with the slow moving and the um, limited limited um, work that goes on. <laughs> Rely on the other person to take all the bumps and make them look real. Yeah, where they say, okay, this is how we're going to do it, right? I you go, stand in the middle of the that's ring. That's my clothesline. Go, I'll do everything that's... else. <laughs> that's pretty much it. Yeah. Then I'd have to make the hot tag to Greeno to come in and finish it off. Exactly. His his finishing move could be one. There was one that was uh, a a Japanese wrestler had in the WWF before it became WWE. I think. Uh, uh, around two thousand. His name was Tajiri. Yeah. And he spat a green mist out on the uh, opposition. You can piece the rest together with Greeno and a snotty nose, I guess. That would be fantastic. What would be your, what would be your finishing move? Mine. Yeah. Um, it'd be the man flu. The man flu. That's pretty yeah. funny. I just walk out and just start coughing and then they just fall over and die. Pin him! One, two, three. Job done. <laughs> we've, just, we've destroyed another team. We call ourselves the The virus. The virus. <laughs> <laughs> you come out, there'd be like a hazmat warning signs everywhere. Yeah, like rip, rip, like <laughs> That's that. It. That's it. And they've got the hazmat signs coming up, and it's look out, it's the virus. And he's could who could there's is there's got to have been doctors, doctor tag teams in that WWE. Oh yeah, yeah. we destroy them. We will come up yeah. against penicillin, destroy that. Penicillin. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> We're the tag team champions. No one will ever take it off us. It's like, yeah, and then you get ring intruders. It's like, oh, my God, here comes immunization. <laughs> Bang, dead. Yeah, he just gets into the ring and just pile-drived. Yeah. <laughs> We're supposed to be adults. Yeah, wow, this this is taking a, a magnificent tangent. I don't even know what we started talking about. Yeah, I can't remember either, but it's. Uh, I'm glad we went in this direction. I think it was required. Yeah, this is we've got a bit loose again. Yeah, um, we were doing shout outs. You got any others? Um, shout outs. Uh, go on rugby league podcasting network dot com, the longest rugby league website address in history. Uh, check that out. Uh, NRLbreakingnews dot com, leaguefreak dot com, rugbyleagueproject dot org. Um. For for all of your rugby league statistics, uh, go to f- uh, foxsports.com.au for all of uh, Andrew's latest statistics that he's put out on Twitter. 
Um, and I think that's it, eh? Yeah, I think we're pretty much out of more. Yeah. Um, yeah, be sure to tune in for our next. We might do a live show sometime this weekend, I guess. Who knows? Yeah, let's do it. We haven't decided yet. Looks like we have now. <laughs> Meeting adjourned. Meeting adjourned. Um, yeah, so everyone tune in. Uh, check us out. Thanks for all your support. Podcast is going great guns. Uh, thanks to you lot. So uh, keep up the good work. And we will catch us all later. <laughs>